And good morning. Welcome to the Patriot Radio News Hour, Economics and History with Attitude. Happy Tuesday. Well, this is your substitute teacher, Glenn Biddle, and I hope you find this what this show well today on an Andrew Jackson Tuesday. That's right, old Hickory's in the house. Now, as your teacher, I have been remiss on not doing one of the most important things schools do every day. You know, the homeroom bell rings, you get to class, and then you wait for the morning announcements. Well, we have not done the Pledge of Allegiance this week, but that's going to get fixed today. And not just any old Pledge of Allegiance, but a very special one by Red Skelton. Ramon, can you play the pledge clip, please? I remember a teacher that I had. Now, I only I went, I went through the seventh grade. I went to the seventh grade. I left home when I was ten years old because I was hungry. And I used to, this, is, this is true. I work in the summer and I go to school in the winter. But I had this one teacher. He was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of, of my time, anyhow. He had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher, Mr. Laswell was his name. Mr. Laswell, and he says, uh, <clears throat> he says, I've been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester, and it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may, may I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O glory, a symbol of freedom, wherever she waves, there's respect because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job united that means that we have all come together states individual communities that have united into 48 great states 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose all divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose, and that's love for country. And to the Republic, Republic, a state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people, and it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation and justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others, for all, for all, which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. 
I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too? Wow, isn't that great? Now, if you watch the video of that on YouTube, uh, you can almost see and you can definitely almost hear Red Skelton getting teared up. And and I just think, shouldn't that, shouldn't we all just get teared up? That's the way it should be. You know, every time you hear that, don't you think? I just, it's amazing. Okay, now, shouldn't government employees have to take the Pledge of Allegiance every day, you know, along with reciting their oaths of office, just to kind of keep in their minds who they work for? They work for us. Okay, they work for us. And and also, whose rights are they protecting? They're protecting our rights. And whose money are they are they shepherding? Are they taking care of? Are they spending? Well, it's our money, okay. And, and they, maybe they need to pay attention just a little bit more and take a little bit more seriously their kind of oath of office and and the pledge of allegiance and just why they're there, okay. And it's just a great way to get started. I, I wanted to do that. I, I felt so bad that we hadn't done that already as a teacher. I do that every day, and I love it. The kids kids stand up i like all right loud and proud americans let's let's do this and you know there's a quad of rooms near me and my room's always the loudest that says the pledge and then we just have a great time okay so moving right along that's that's awesome okay so happy tuesday it's andrew jackson tuesday we're going to have jason with us today he's going to talk about andrew jackson with me because you know he's one of our favorite presidents joe apparently is in the air as we speak it takes three airplane flights apparently three different flights to get back to phoenix I guess you have to get a little puddle jumper out of uh, West Virginia and then two more connecting flights to get back. But he'll, he'll hopefully be back tomorrow with you. And, you know, the markets today are kind of kind of crazy. The Hong Kong market uh, down about 358 points. The Shanghai is down 15. The Nikkei is only up 100. It's been up 400 the past few days. So Asia having some trouble. Some, some Federal Reserve headwinds they're having, apparently. Um, the U.S. markets, Pretty pretty stable. Uh, we're looking at the the Nasdaq up 25, uh, the Dow Jones 27. Okay, S and P is only up about eight. And we look at uh, commodities. Oil's down another 56 cents. Remember, as I said yesterday, if uh, if oil was was up, it would be on the pumps today. But when it's down, it it, it takes a while. So we're going to be back in the next segment. Andrew Jackson. It's going to be a great day. Patriot Radio News Hour, 800-951-0592. Catch you on the other side. And welcome back to Patriot Radio News Hour, 800-951-0592. Uh, taking a look at commodities real quick. Like I said, uh, oil is down about fifty-three cents. Gold is down about eleven dollars and thirty cents at twelve twenty-eight forty. Silver is down seventeen at fifteen sixty-three. An incredible day to buy silver. And as you know, I'm a silverite. I'm all in for silver. And at that price, you can't go wrong. Now we have 
both available today. We have gold and silver, so you can get your piece of the yellow brick road. Remember the Wizard of Oz last week? And you can get your silver slippers. So you can get $5 liberties today at $345, or you can get rolls of Silver Eagles 2018, no back dates, for $385. So we've lowered the prices on both of these because we have the ability to do that. You know, when the price goes down, we can forward that on to you, the customer. You know, so when you succeed, we succeed because we think of you as our family and we want to take care of you and you take care of us. And it, it's great all the way around. So we're very happy with that. So we're, we're back with, uh, with our Andrew Jackson day. Um, now, Andrew Jackson, there's really no middle ground on Andrew Jackson. People either love him or hate him. I know if you're a Native American, they won't even accept a $20 bill in their casinos. And we're willing to accept your $20 bill. In fact, we'll accept your $20 bill, your Federal Reserve note, your FRN. We'll accept that $20 bill, and we'll convert it over into something that Andrew Jackson actually liked, gold and silver. He was all about having gold and silver as, as, as coins and the proper money for our country. He hated paper money. And just the fact that his face is on the $20 bill, if he was alive today, he would flip out on that. You know, so... That, so we'll help Andrew Jackson out, and we'll help you out. So send in those $20 bills with Andrew Jackson's face on them, and we'll convert them over to precious metals. And everybody, it's a win-win. You can't go wrong with that. Okay? So, Ramon, can you play the clip for uh, the Andrew Jackson clip for me, please? In his first message to Congress, Jackson unveiled the building blocks of what would become known as Jacksonian democracy, a government run by and dedicated to common men. He passionately went to work, setting nearly impossible goals. Abolish the electoral voting system. Relocate all Indians west of the Mississippi River. Extinguish the national debt. Eliminate the Bank of the United States, a private institution he determined to be corrupt. And do away with paper currency. Paper money is used to corrupt. They can inflate paper. You know, you go to a printing machine and you can turn it out. It's worthless, and you get people to accept it. But Jackson realized his agenda was too ambitious. That trying to both reform election law and abolish paper money would likely be futile. So he turned his attention to a fundamental constitutional dilemma that could endanger the Union itself, the issue of federal versus state authority. South Carolina was threatening to secede if forced to obey federal tariff laws. It was a position supported by Jackson's political foe, Henry Clay, as well as his own vice president, John Calhoun, a native of South Carolina. Jackson was ready for a fight to preserve the sovereignty of the Union. Jackson said, tell my friends in South Carolina that if any of them breathe a word of secession, I'm going to come down there and I'm going to hang them from the highest trees in the neighborhood. When Jackson talked that way, people paid attention. The South Carolinians decided, well, maybe we better reconsider. But if not for Jackson, the Union might well have fallen apart. Now that's a great clip. I like it just for the fact that that it talks about paper money and how it can be inflated. That, that is perfect for this radio show. That's exactly what we, we want to get out there to you about the paper money is not a very good thing to have. I mean, it's, the Federal Reserve right now is going to, is baking in the cake 2% inflation on it. So your money devalues 2% every year. Okay, so why do you want that paper money? You want, you want hard assets. You want gold and silver, just like Andrew Jackson does. 
Okay, and then, then it talks about, you know, Andrew Jackson's a very complicated guy. You know, at, at one point he wants to spread power, or give power to the people, Jacksonian democracy. But on the other hand, he comes down pretty hard on South Carolina, and he's like, you tell my friends in South Carolina, I'll hang them from the highest trees. The people in South Carolina are like, yep, he means it. So we're, we're, we're cool. We'll come back into the, we're not going to, we're not going to go away. We're, we're good. Okay. So Jason, are you on with me today? I'm here and ready to go. Awesome. Awesome. So I, I, I did this for you, man, because I know you love Andrew Jackson and it's just, you know, Andrew Jackson Tuesday. I was looking at this day in history today in, in 1821, Andrew Jackson became the governor of Florida. You know, that, that's a, that's great that it falls on today. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and so tell me what you think about Andrew Jackson. Well, uh, with that clip that you just played, uh, Andrew Jackson had what he what he called agents in the in the uh, second bank of the United States, and they would report to him of, of what they were doing. And he had made a, a quote where uh, the banks were when they speculated with the, with the federal government's money, and it, it worked. When they succeeded, they divided the profits among themselves. But when they speculated and they lost. They charge their losses to the government, which the government doesn't earn money. It's the people that get taxed. So the government would go further into debt every time the second bank would would speculate and lose. And he he saw this as a as a huge threat to the United States. He understood that debt would be uh, more dangerous than a, an army coming to attack us. So he wanted to get rid of that bank, uh, and it was the right decision for his presidency to do that. Absolutely, and. My last name is Biddle, and what's significant about that? Well, Nicholas Biddle in 1823 became the president. You know, basically the uh, the Fed chief of his time, of the Second Bank of the, of the United States, and he was uh, he was more uh, conniving and, and ruthless than the other bankers before him. He really wanted to make a name for himself, and uh, as his policies became more bank friendly, uh, Andrew Jackson became more. Uh, uh, American people friendly, and it became a, a back and forth fight between the two. So Nicholas Biddle became, kind of became the Darth Vader. Uh, uh, if you're sitting in on our position, that, that that's right. And, and distantly, Nicholas T. Biddle is related to me. So I, I mean, I should hate Andrew Jackson, but you know, when I see what Nicholas Biddle tried to do this country, uh, I don't like him much at all. They say you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Well, there's a great example of that, you know. And uh, and one of the, like like today's modern Fed. How how they uh, they 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 put money into politics where they're you know they're they're lobbying the Federal Reserve back during this period of time was also backing candidates weren't they? Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, and I-, I wanted to just say one other thing, uh, uh, Glenn. You were talking earlier about how uh, Native Americans generally you know have a hatred for this guy. Uh, what's what's not known to a lot of people is he he took on an orphan uh, Indian child and raised raised an Indian child. And you got to realize in the 1830s, uh, the the people of the United States wanted to expand westward. It was their desire to have the Indians move. Now, whether it was uh, morally wrong or right, and, and it probably was not the right thing to do. That was harsh treatment of the Indians. Andrew Jackson did what the people of this country wanted. So that's what the president's supposed to do. I mean, whether it's the wrong or right thing to do, his job is to do what the people wanted. So I, I wanted to put that out there because, you know, he hated Indians so much. Why was he raising one as a orphan child of his? Well, that that's exactly right. And you're part of manifest destiny. As we were, you know, moving west, you know, the the history books, you know, really pound the trail of tears, the plight of the, and it was terrible. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it, it, that's indisputable that it was, it was very bad. Um, 
have up on the website today an Andrew Jackson documentary from the History Channel. It's very, very good, and it, it, it's really good giving both sides to Andrew Jackson. And you're right, he did adopt a, a um, an Indian orphan. Well, when well in the video clip, it talks about like, well, yeah, he did adopt that orphan child, but what you don't realize is that Andrew Jackson just killed his mother and father in a battle prior to that. <laughs> So, you know, there's both sides of that, and I get that. I mean, I, trust me, I love Andrew Jackson. I understand what he did. I, I get that. And also you have to look at, at the time in history when all this is taking place. It's very hard for us to judge Andrew Jackson based on our standards of, of morality. I mean, back then it was a rough time to be alive. I mean, Andrew Jackson's lucky he's even alive, given uh, the fact that he was a prisoner, he and his brother, in a British prisoner of war camp, and were very sick, and his mother brought him back from, from this prison camp, and, I mean, their dad died in a logging accident, uh, one of the brothers died during the Revolution, uh, Andrew Jackson was a, a courier, he got caught, and when the British came into his house uh, to arrest him, one of the British officers said, shine my boots, or clean my boots, and he refused, and the British officer took his sword and brought it down on top of Andrew Jackson, he put his hand up, and it cut his hand, it also cut his forehead, and so he, he just, at that point, that kind of defines him of just defying authority and, and just hating the British. And boy, does that come full circle when he gets down to the Battle of New Orleans, and he's the hero of New Orleans. And he had just this ragtag group of people that were helping him defend New Orleans. It's about 4,000 American troops. And, you know, they had pirates. He had uh, free men of color. He had slaves that were there. He had just townspeople that showed up. And the call went out, and people came from all over to fight with Andrew Jackson, because, I mean, this was the stand, because the British were trying to cut us in half. They were going to invade from Canada and invade from Louisiana and cut us off. And, uh, you know, we had to stop this. And the funny thing is, you know, there's no Twitter, there's no Instagram, there's none of this stuff going on back then. But the War of 1812 was over, but no one knew it. And the Battle of New Orleans took place, and it was a good thing that it happened, actually, because it kicked the British out, and they, they wouldn't be a pest anymore to their south. So, uh, what else? Now, we, they had those five goals of his presidency there. Get rid of the Electoral College. Uh, he actually won the popular vote, yet lost the election in Electoral College. Okay, we've had that a couple times recently. Uh, move all the Indians west. We talked about the Indian Removal Act. Abolish the Second Bank of the U.S. Pay off the national debt, and then get rid of paper money. Any of those you really want to hit on there, Jason? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did want to go back up real quick. I, I, when, when Andrew Jackson was in the Revolutionary War, he was a teenager. And him and his yep. brother were captured, and just everything that Glenn said happened. And uh, his hatred for the British, and, the, and it, he was uniquely placed in history to, to, to understand the banking system, because the British came in with their ruling and, and just their savage treatment of the colonists. He fought for the, uh, the, you know, the patriots. When he, his hand got sliced up and his, his brother died of illness, an illness that he had also, his older brother died fighting in the war, and his mother died taking care of prisoners. Uh, she got sick and died. So his family was wiped out by the British. So he had no love for the British. And when he became president, he saw that the, the bankers of the United States owed their money to the bankers of England. So he just saw a perpetual enemy in the British, and he wanted nothing to do. In fact, Andrew Jackson uh, wanted to... Uh, impeach George Washington because during George Washington's terms George Washington wanted to make amends economically with the British right away and start doing business and uh, while they were taking our ships and, and uh, taking our crews off our ships uh, prisoner 
this was going on during Washington's term, and he saw this as treasonous, and he did not want to do business with the British if they were going to continue to act like that. So he, Andrew Jackson was uniquely placed to go against the Second Bank. It was, he, he was a, tr- a true American hero and a, and a fighter for America. That, that's right. I believe that was the Jay Treaty, if I'm not mistaken, that, that uh, Andrew Jackson was mad about. Um, and he did pay off the debt. He did it by, by selling um, off land that was owned by the federal government. Uh, and I don't think we have enough money or enough federal land to pay off our debt today. Do you think, you know, do we have do we have $21 trillion worth of federal government property that we could sell off to pay off the debt? Do you think we have that? No, I don't think so. But if we actually eliminated the Federal Reserve and started printing United States notes, it is possible to pay off the national debt using American money. Now, it would, it would throw, because we're in such debt now, it would throw the world economy into chaos. But that's what uh, that was tried a couple times in American history. We, we could print our own money with no interest attached to it. All, all of a sudden, all of our interest payments would just uh, evaporate. And uh, so, yeah, yeah we, what Andrew Jackson did could happen again, but you can't do it with a debt-based money system. Oh, that's right. The Federal Reserve is just a it's just a anchor around our country. It's just it's killing us. And you know, no one calls you and says, oh, uh, from the government, says, hey, you know, we're taking out a loan in your name. You know, we're just having another credit card, and your name's on it, and your family's name's on it, and your grandkids are on it, and you have this debt. I mean, it's, it's debt slavery is what it amounts to, and it's 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 going to destroy our country down, and no one wants to talk about it. I mean, we're talking about it, but but that's because, you know, we're, we're awake, but most of the people in the country don't know this, or if they know about it, it's just, a, just a, such a big number it's hard to wrap your head around 21 trillion that, that's huge that, that's just absolutely mind-blowing that that figure um i want i want to get to the uh, i know we're coming up on the break soon but we're going to talk about the uh the election of 1824 and that's i always talk about how to tie one subject to another so if i want to talk about let's say hillary clinton and donald trump and the, the electoral college versus the popular vote, i would go back to andrew jackson's election and bring and teach that and then say okay let's talk about what happened here in this last election all right so we'll we'll talk about that when we're coming back we're halftime on a andrew jackson tuesday that time is flying by 800-951-0592 five dollar liberties at 345 and rolls of silver eagles for 385 get yourself some financial independence be your own central banker this is the phyllis schlafly report a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of phyllis schlafly now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Professional sports leagues, from the NFL to Major League Baseball, are making a colossal mistake if they think gambling will boost their declining attendance. Changing Yankee Stadium from the house that Ruth built to the casino that gamers built is not a way to fill seats in a ballpark. It was nearly a century ago when professional baseball saved its sport by taking a strong stance against betting on the World Series and college basketball did likewise in the 1950s. But future scandals seem inevitable under the recent Supreme Court decision that may allow nationwide wagering on all sports. Attorney General Jeff Sessions should beef up enforcement of the Wire Act, which is a federal law enacted in 1961 to limit interstate betting. Professional and amateur sports are inherently interstate, and the Department of Justice should announce immediately that it will enforce the Wire Act to shut down all attempts to ramp up betting on interstate sports. State legislatures should pass strong laws prohibiting betting in their states, and they can do even more than that. 
States should require all teams based in their jurisdictions to take affirmative steps to discourage wagering on games by the fans. Perhaps the justices on the Supreme Court thought they were doing something good for states' rights, but what about states wanting to be free from the plague of gambling? Absent from the 49 pages of opinions of the court was any observation that gambling is a vice, for which there is voluminous evidence about the enormous harm it causes to individuals and to communities. Instead, the court cited selective research on the Internet to paint an illusion that gambling somehow has a respectable history in our country. The court's opinion epitomizes a law-without-values judicial philosophy, which is as morally bankrupt as it sounds. Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. was a famous advocate of this approach a century ago, and it led to some dreadful rulings, such as upholding the forced sterilization of a woman because she supposedly had a very low IQ. Hopefully, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, state legislatures, and families themselves will stand up now against gambling. They have trump cards of their own they can play to halt the growth of sports gambling. Thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. You'll be glad to know the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly continues. Upheld by Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, chairman Helen Marie Taylor, treasurer John Schlafly, a full staff in St. Louis in our nation's capital, and thousands of citizen volunteers, her eagles, across the country. You can be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Bringing us back in from the halfway point with The Cure. That's a great song. It takes me back to going out on a Friday and Saturday night in college. That's just great music. Thanks, Ramon. Um, getting back to Andrew Jackson, uh, just he's just a larger-than-life guy. I mean, he was the Chuck Norris of his day. That's what I like to think of him. And uh, he he was really uh, withstood an, an assassination attempt that, that's just legendary. There was this, uh, I think, unemployed house painter that walked up to Andrew Jackson point blank and pulled out one pistol and fired and it just went click and he pulled out another pistol and went click and Andrew Jackson was so mad that he took his cane and beat this guy down and you know if you had a meme for this you know that that you know are always on the internet it would be like you know Andrew Jackson doesn't need secret service protection for himself the secret service protection is for the the assassin you know isn't that right uh, Jason yeah and in fact those two pistols were examined after the uh, the assassination attempt and both pistols were considered to be fully functional and not uh, broken at all so it was just a miracle that either one of those pistols just didn't kill him it was it was a miracle well andrew jackson was no stranger to pistols he was quite the, quite the dueler in fact he had he had a bunch of uh, lead inside of him already it was it was too dangerous to take it out it would have killed him he was he was very lucky uh, one of the duels he had it was against the best pistol shot i think of tennessee and uh, he let that guy fire first and he shot Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson, you know, pulled off on him and, and got him. And it's just an amazing, you know, that's when back in the day when, when men handled things on the court, field of honor, as they say. And, uh, you know, if you called Andrew Jackson out, he wasn't, he wasn't going to, you know, put up with it. He's going to, he's going to, he'll meet you on that field of honor. Now, at first, you know, he, he tempered himself. A couple times he fired in the air. And if you just show up for the duel, you know, you've kind of, 
met the requirements of what you're going to do. A lot of times they worked out their differences before they had to resort to the pistols or they would just fire into the air and you can walk away and you kept your honor. And that was, that was a big deal back in those days. And he caught a lot of grief over his marriage to Rachel Donaldson because at first he, she was accused of being a bigamist because she was technically still married. And they were married, I think, outside of the, in one of the territories. And when they came back into the United States, you know, the, the, problem was for his political career that, oh, well, he married a bigamist, and, and that kind of followed him throughout his political career, and whenever that was brought up, you know, he did not take kindly to it. What do you think about that, That's, G? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's exactly what Glenn was saying. Uh, as, as far as dueling was concerned, back in those days, I, I, I would love to see dueling come back, and then for, for this reason, when he had two men that had a, a, a huge disagreement or a beef over whatever the, the uh, circumstance if either one of the parties could not uh, push their weight on, on the argument, you know, and then they were both passionate, then a duel would be declared. And uh, usually, the, whoever's the weaker end of the argument would eventually just not want anything to do with that. But if both men felt that they were in the right position, they would have a duel. And, and Andrew Jackson was legendary because nearly every duel that he had, which was many, he always let the other guy shoot first. I mean, this guy was he was—he was just like you said. He was brave. He was—he really uh, you know, he really uh, stood behind what he believed, and uh, it was—it's—it's it's quite an American figure. I mean, he, if you want to compare superheroes, you know, Abraham Lincoln, I guess, was compared to more like a, a Captain America, where he tried to take the moral high ground and become this this nice guy. Whereas uh, Andrew Jackson was more like the Punisher. He would take the harder course and and uh, and, and defeat his enemies or whatever possible way he could to make sure that the right thing was done and his men loved him they, they gave him the nickname old hickory they, they were marching back from you know a long force march and you know, they that was on the march to uh to the battle of new orleans and he ended up getting dysentery and he he marched yeah. the whole way with his troops and they called him old hickory that's right that's right and, and uh what you know, they were mosquito eaten they had briars all over him and one of his troops said Man, he's that was the hardest wood he knew of at the time. He's tougher than Hickory, and that's how old Hickory stuck with him. And like I tell my students, I'm like, man, he's the Chuck Norris of his day. And you know, how does he get away with some of this stuff? And, and the answer always is, well, because he's Andrew Jackson, and that's that's how it works. Like one of the, <laughs> one of the things that he did when when he was younger, he got a job as a, a judge, and this guy defied his order. And so Andrew Jackson like, takes his robe off, grabs a pistol, rolls out to this guy's farm, and says, you're going to obey or else. And the guy looks at Andrew Jackson, he says, I saw this, this crazed look in his eyes, he goes, I, I had to comply. And then, you know, fast forward to when he's president, the Cherokee Nation had gone to court and sued that they could keep their nation down in Georgia, and Andrew Jackson like, no, you're moving west. And the Supreme Court had ruled in favor of the Cherokee. And Andrew Jackson has this famous quote. He goes, well, that's the Chief Justice's decision. Let him try to enforce it. So when Andrew Jackson was a judge, well, the rule stood. But when the Chief Justice, who he disagrees with, makes a rule, well, that's a whole different story. And how does he get away with it? What's the answer? Andrew Jackson. He's Andrew Jackson. That's it's right. Andrew Jackson. That's, that's, Andrew Jackson. That's right, Mr. Biddle. He's Andrew Jackson. So By the way, with that support, Supreme that. Court ruling, uh, he, he was taking the position of states' rights. He's like, that's why he said, "Come and enforce it," because he was he was saying, if, if the state of Georgia wants these people removed, then the state of Georgia should be able to do what they want. And that's kind of the, he always stood on state rights. Well, that's that's important. And you know, uh, 
people back then saw themselves as a resident of their state first and then a, a, a citizen of their state first and then a citizen of the country second. Today that's kind of reversed. We think we're U.S. citizens first and then citizens of our state second. It's funny how that, that balance of power has changed. Like we in that clip it talked about how he was going to go to South Carolina and start hanging people from the highest tree, and they knuckled under to him. Yeah, well, that, you know, so that in a, in a way that's a, a little flip flop. You know, the states' rights. Well, we we don't like this. We want to succeed. And he's like, nope, you're staying in the union. So it's very you know very interesting uh, historical dynamic there uh, with Andrew Jackson. He's a complicated guy. I think he saw the that, South Carolina problem as a as a threat to the union, and uh, just the same as a- Abraham Lincoln did. He thought that if if states did start seceding at a fragile time in our, our nation's history, that it could endanger the entire Union. Well, the federal government is supposed to protect the Union, so he took that side of that argument, which is different than his Georgia argument. That, that's right. And, it, and so you can, you can have multiple positions, and you can, you can, and today we would call that nuance, wouldn't we? <laughs> nuance. Yeah. That's a nuance <laughs> position. Uh, that, that's a, a great term for that today. Um, and so what, what a great figure here. I, I, I mean, you, people love him. People hate him. You know, there's kids learn this stuff in class. When, when I start off, I open my book up, my history book, and I'll put a, a you know a silver dollar on on the uh, book, and I'll put you know the twenty dollar bill, and I project that up onto my document camera. I actually sent this picture to to Andrew Jack or to, to Andrew Jack. I sent it to Joe. Uh, I said, look, this is how we teach history in my class. You know, we have the real money, we have the fiat money. <laughs> And here's Andrew Jackson, you know, and, and the kids love it. And I'm like, you know, if you kids don't want those Andrew Jackson bills, Mr. Biddle will take them. You know, I'm a poor teacher. And they all laugh like, no, we'll, we'll keep our money, Mr. Biddle. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, but I, I show them, I show my kids the clip, the Mark Dice clip, where uh, Mark Dice is on the street and he has the, the chocolate bar or he has a 10-ounce bar of silver. And, and you know, like, well, which one would you take? And I tell the kids, that that. You know, ten ounce bar of silver is worth like one hundred and seventy. That's when you know silver is like seventeen bucks. That's like a hundred and seventy dollar bar of silver. That candy bar is maybe a dollar, and everybody's taking the candy bar. Uh, and they're like, "Well, we're taking we're taking the silver." I'm like, "Diagonal right, you're taking the silver." And then I'll put coinflation up the coinflation dot com up on the screen, and I'll say, "This is what a mercury dime is." in uh, value, $1.10. On the other side, we'll talk more about Andrew Jackson and some current events. A lot of stuff going on in our country. So 800-951-0592. We'll see you on the next break. You're bringing us back into another great song. That's Youth of a Nation. I believe that's P.O.D. That's a great, great song. Um, so our specials, just to review, $5 Liberties at $345, and then Rolls of Silver Eagles, 2018's No Back Dates at $385. we have lowered the price because silver and gold are lower today, and we're passing that savings on to you. That's just how we work here at Patriot. That's the right thing to do, and we want to make sure that we give you the best bargain on your silver. So get that piece of the yellow brick road and get your silver slippers i've been beating that to death about the wizard of oz i just love it uh uh so looking at uh, so jason you know we're going to do some some current events here you know netflix stock yesterday got hammered after the close yesterday they announced earnings it was down at 1.13 percent it's back up now it's only lost about five percent but uh, they talk about how they're not getting subscribers and they, you know they're not getting the content well, there's a couple things on Netflix I really like. One of them 
it really hits close to home. It's it's Stranger Things. It's a, it's the 1980s theme, and it's middle school kids. It's these are the kids I teach, and and that's kind of like me growing up in the 80s. That's a great show, and that that maybe that show needs to get back on for the third season so they can get their their uh, viewership back up. And then there's another great show, Longmire. I mean, there's you know everybody wants to to binge watch their own show. <laughs> so hopefully Netflix will will. My get wife back is watching that game. one, uh, and I, we didn't have Netflix until we moved this year. And I've been watching Netflix. And I'm I'm a little worried for Netflix because I. I don't like a lot of the new uh, entertainment that's coming out, but uh, Netflix, I think, is trying to sell whatever is people want to watch, and I think they're wanting to watch more conservative and more just strong storytelling. And I think it's not it's not selling the other side, you know, that Hollywood's view of things. And for for Netflix stocks to go down, I mean, it, uh, everybody that I know that watches Netflix loves it. So um, for its stock to go down and I wonder if it has something to do with how many devices each subscriber can use, or what, I don't know what the business dynamics are for the subscribership to go down. But uh, yeah, I, well, hope I think it sticks I, around. I had, yeah, I had heard that they had hired the Obamas and Susan Rice to be on their board. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure I heard that. And I'm like, whoa, that's that's. I mean, it, I'm still going to watch Stranger Things, and I'm still going to watch Longwire. There's no doubt. That about makes that, me but. think. So what you just told me, I didn't know. That makes me think that uh, someone's going to go into Netflix and pressure them to do a, a different kind of programming. They're going to come out with shows that are really awful, and there goes Netflix down the tubes. Yeah, well, I won't watch any of them. Um, and yesterday we did the prepping show. Did were you able to listen to that? I heard some of it. I had uh, some customers and some business going on here at the radio station, so I, I heard some of it. Brian caught me up on some of it. It sounded like it was really fantastic. Oh, it was a lot of fun, and I had a lot of reaction to that. It, it was it was neat. People were telling me some things I had no idea that 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 you can do. You can take your cell phones and, and radios, you can stick them inside your microwave, and that they'll be protected from an EMP. Well, that makes total sense because when you turn your <laughs> microwave on, you don't want all that coming out of the microwave, right? But so you can put these into your microwave. Now you don't turn your microwave on because you would fry everything, but you just it shields them. And then another one of my friends, we were talking about about water sources. He goes, I have a thirty-three thousand gallon pool in my backyard. He goes, I can flush my toilets for a long time with that. And I was thinking of the Hotel Rwanda movie where where the people had to end up using the pool, uh, the water out of the swimming pool. I'm like that ah, makes that makes total sense. And uh, my wife was listening to it, and she laughed when, when we got to the part where I said I had 30 cases of water in my garage, and when she opened her car door, it, it hit it, and I just hear her cussing. You know, now she hits, she opens her door, and she gets ammo cans. I don't know what's worse, all the, and all the ammo or all the water. So, But we're stockpiled, prepped, ready to go here in Maryland in case we get a hurricane. And, and I, I have three different generators, and as soon as I got all those generators, my power's never gone out. I guess it's like when you buy a snowblower and it never snows anymore. But, you know, it's, it's better to have it than not need it than need it and not have it, I guess. I have a tip that I, am, uh, I would like to pass on. Go, go for it. Uh, during a nuclear blast, apparently you can get in a refrigerator. Yeah, yeah, that's the best part of that movie, I think. Uh, that that, that movie, that 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 episode almost jumped the shark with the Raiders of the Lost Ark franchise. What I always liked about what I always liked about Indiana Jones is that he was never really. He's not like these new uh, action stars where they can do flips and 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 do all kinds of acrobatics and shoot five hundred people. Uh, Indiana Jones seemed to always just uh, be quick-witted. At that last moment when he's overmatched, he, he thinks of some something like uh, the big bald guy in the first movie. He's chopped up by the uh, the airplane. He just he just plays his cards just right to survive. 
Yeah, you know, those movies were just so action-packed. I mean, they had to be super expensive to make. I, they're, they're just very entertaining. My favorite one is The, the Last Crusade, where, where they, they, they're searching for the... Um, yeah, the... the um, the holy, the holy grail. Jesus. Yeah, the holy grail. Yeah, thank you. I had a brain dump there. Yeah, the holy grail, and that that's just a great storyline. And there's so much action in that movie. It's very, very good. When I like when the World War One tank goes over the cliff. If you slow it down real slow, you can actually see that the little Nazi guy that's in it is a rag doll. If you watch it real slow, it's actually pretty funny. <laughs> Obviously, they're not going to send a real tank over a cliff, but uh, but that you know, if if that's the only thing you can say about that movie, well, that's a pretty good movie. So nothing wrong with that. Um, I here now, Jason. In our surveillance world, listen to this one. I know you guys covered the microchips, the RFID chips and tires yesterday on your show, but Walmart now has patented a system where they can um, audio surveil the cash registers and their workers there at the cash registers to see what they're saying and and listen in on customer activity. Now, I was at Walmart the other day, and I, I told the guy that checks me out, and he's a very talkative guy, nice guy, I said, hey, this is what Walmart has patented. He goes, they're not doing it, are they? I'm like, uh, not yet. And then he didn't say anything else. I said, why aren't you talking? You're the most talkative guy here. I, I will wait in line just to have you check me out because you're such a nice guy. He goes, I can't believe they're doing that. I'm like, oh, I believe anything. I said, they have a camera right above you to watch it, make sure you're scanning everything and putting it into the bag. And he looks up. He goes, I did not know that. I said, yes, big brother. And, and he just laughed. And he goes, he goes, I was like, yep, that's, so that's, that's interesting. Um, in Baltimore the way that City, I, The way that I see it, is by the time we hear about this stuff on our news, it's already in place. I, there's no, you know, they say, oh, it's going to be in place. To me, it's a lot of this stuff is already in place. They're just trying to get you used to it before you uh, you revolt against it. Yeah, that that boiling frog analogy. You know, we'll turn the heat up slow. By the time it, they realize it's too late. Uh, my my buddy also told me he said if you want to have a private conversation, he goes, put your cell phone into the microwave and it blocks all the signals. I said, well, I can't put my smart TV in the microwave. I can't put my smart refrigerator in the microwave that's listening in on me. You know, all these appliances now are, are super smart and can spy on you. I have a piece of tape over my uh, camera on my on my uh, computer so that they can't get me. So, All right, final segment coming up on uh, Andrew Jackson Tuesday. We have Jason with us from Colorado. We'll see you on the next side. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this constitution. And that's the preamble. If you watched Schoolhouse Rock when you were little, there you just can't. That, that's how I know the preamble. I sing it. I love Schoolhouse Rock. In fact, I had an eighth grade field trip this year in May, and we went to D.C. And the first thing I did after going to the Air and Space Museum, obviously, I, I went up to Capitol Hill, and I went up the steps, and I got to the point where the you know the police officers were there, and they said, "We well, can't go any further." I said, "Okay, fine." I get my phone out, and I start singing, I'm just a bill on Capitol Hill, recording myself, and the Capitol Police are, are laughing. They're like, it's great. I'm like, I know, right? I said, I'm going to play this for my kids when I get back to class. And they'll love it. So, school else, I can't go wrong with it. All right, so final segment, uh, we're Andrew Jackson Tuesday, 
so glad that, that Jason could be with us on, on this because I know he's a big fan of Andrew Jackson. Great story. He brought stuff up today that, that you just don't get anywhere else. So glad he could be with us. Uh, I'm going to miss doing this show. I had fun doing this for the last five days. It's a lot of work, and I must say it's harder than teaching. Now, if you want me to come back, you need to let Double J know about this. You've got to email him at doublej at allamericangold.com, doublej at allamericangold.com. Let him know. You, and you can go either way. You can say, don't get that guy within five miles of a, of a microphone. He stunk the place up. Or, hey, that was really interesting. We liked it. Bring him on for some more. Either way, I have thick skin. If you have problems with it, let him know. If you don't, if you want me to come back, let him know. Either way, I promised him that I wouldn't wreck the car. I wouldn't go into his house and have a wild party and tear up his show while he was gone. You know, I want to thank Ramon. Uh, without him, I couldn't have done any of this. He's just amazing. Wendy back in, in Phoenix, just a great support. Obviously, Jason and Brian up in Colorado, they, they're just super supportive, and, and we're trying to be very supportive of their show. Remember, shoutcast.com, and then search for American Freedom Network to listen to their show. I was I was actually listening to their show yesterday. My daughter wanted to go to the mall and go shopping, and after about 10 minutes, I'm done in the mall. So I went to the food court, and I sat and listened to their show on the streaming, and I liked the people watching. That was interesting. Uh, I really want you to take some time to just revisit the history of the United States and, and learn about our government. You know, there, that, that uh, Crash Course U.S. History I put up on the website, so, I mean, it's amazing. You can go in there and get, in 10 minutes, you can get so much history. Uh, and it's just a great way to listen to it. Um, now, on the website, all the stuff I put up, all the content this week, you know, allamericangold.com, we got the Andrew Jackson clip up there, we got the Stormy Weather Depression clip from yesterday, the Debt Clock, the Ray Dalio article on Universal Basic Income, the two infographics on gold and what a trillion dollars looks like, the Fed Chairman game, the IOUSA video clip. And now, like I said, the crash course U.S. history on the Great Depression. Um, you can't go wrong with all that stuff I use in class, other than the Ray, Ray Dalio article. But um, kids really enjoy. Yes, guys, uh, I'll have Glenn tell you the streaming again. But but Glenn comes on our show regularly, at least once a week or once every two weeks. So if you want to hear more of Glenn, he'll be on our show. Uh, give him give him that streaming again, there, Glenn. Yeah, it's, it's uh, shoutcast.com, and then you search for the American Freedom Network. And uh, I love being on your show. You guys have a great system going on up there. You know, I know you're doing a lot of hard work at the station and making and getting things right. And, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Joe will be back tomorrow. We're going to hear great stories about his vacation. Jason, thanks for coming on today. Ramon, big thanks to you. Have a happy Tuesday. Thanks. Goes back on Wednesday. Have a great day.